Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Crimes of the heart. Crimes of the heart. Hello, friends, future friends, haters, and ex-lovers. Welcome back to another episode of Crimes of the Heart. I'm your host, Rory Uphold. And before we get into it, there are thousands of you that listen to this podcast, but only a few hundred of you have rated the show five stars. Uh, what is up with that? (laughs) No, so this is the portion of the show just right hot out the gate where I beg you to please hit that little five star button right now as you're listening to the show. Because truly, if even 1% of the people that listen to this show rated it, I would have a much better rating. And that stuff matters for independent creators. So I am begging you, please give me five stars. Second, I'm wondering, would you like me to do a solo Q&A episode? If so, please DM me some questions, some topics, or email me. My email is listed in the show notes. All you have to do is click it and it will go directly into my inbox. All of the questions or topics will remain 100% anonymous. Which reminds me, if you have a story that you would like to submit, I will also keep that 100% anonymous. And lastly, today's crime is sexual in nature, so don't listen to this episode around children. Similarly, today's guests are not suited for work. They're podcasters, influencers, and spicy creators. I'm talking about OF girlies. They're also my internet friends that make me laugh and support my content, and I feel like if you have Any judgment about sex workers, Emily and Jamie from Two Girls, One Blunt are here to change your mind. Oh my God, Rory, you're so squeaky. Thank you. Keep going. Thank you so much for having us. This is a great intro. (laughs) We love you. (laughs) When I found out you guys were in LA, I was very excited because I feel like I had a story that was really perfect for the both of you. So yeah, let's, let's get into it. Hell yeah, let's do it. A quick disclaimer, our episodes deal with serious incidents and triggering subject matter. If you feel like at any time you need support, please do not hesitate to grab a cocktail, share this with a friend, or contact us with your own stories. We are here to listen and liberate. Contact information can be found in the show notes. The names in the following episode have been changed to protect the innocent and the guilty. I believe for over an hour and I used like 18 different tricks on my sleeve. It had to have been fun. And um, I kind of hated that whole like, you should have seen it coming. Wink, wink. This is 37-year-old Victoria. Our story takes place in Detroit in 2012 when Victoria is 27 years old. In a world where female pleasure has been criminally overlooked, what exactly does an eye for an eye look like? This is a story about reciprocity, or the lack thereof, and one woman's attempt at evening the scales. Hi, 
I like hadn't had a self-proclaimed slut stage yet. You know, I wanted, I really wanted it, but instead I was going on dates and taking my time and getting in a relationship and sleeping with people and then they cheat on me. Victoria was caught in a feed loop where she always found herself dating unfaithful men and she was burnt out. I had been cheated on by the gazillionth boyfriend. And, you know, it was another one of those things where people kind of say, God, you have awful taste in men. I'm like, but don't the men have awful taste in their decisions? Isn't that the problem? And so finally I had kind of had it and I went, oh my God, I just, I want to get laid. Her guy friends had spent their late teens and early twenties sleeping Mm. around and having fun while Victoria found herself in a series of dry spells, followed by relationships, followed by dry spells. I'd go six months, eight months without sleeping with someone, finally get laid and not really be able to, you know, talk about it without it seeming like a huge deal. (gasps) Victoria was sick of the stigma surrounding casual sex and the double standard she felt as a woman in a predominantly male friend group. I didn't want to date, I wanted to get laid, and it was finally my time. Between growing up and feeling more comfortable in her skin, and society's shifting conversation around female pleasure, Victoria finally felt ready to own her sexual autonomy. Plus, if her guy friends were going to label her as promiscuous, she figured she might as well get some. And I was so excited to be like, I'm just gonna go out and have a one night stand. It's been a while, I'm in my late 20s. I can't believe I still haven't had an official one night stand where I've just like gone out and met someone and taking them. I was honestly like embarrassed of it. I was late to the game. I hope that the irony of Victoria's situation is not lost on anyone, that she was considered promiscuous without ever having had a one-night stand. Within weeks of this revelation, I had a college girlfriend come into town and she was going out in the neighborhood and she said, I've got a big group of guys, any of them single? And she went, up on. So Victoria throws on some heels and heads to the bar. Almost immediately, she connects with a guy named Gregory Greener. He was giving me the vibes of like, I will go home with you. And I was going, great, you have fulfilled the one prerequisite I wanted tonight. Do you have a pulse? Will you go home with me? He wasn't exactly Victoria's type. Tall, white, kind of preppy. I mean, that just happened to be the demographic of that entire friend group that was there. Again, my prerequisites that night was like, have a pulse and want to go home with me. But he was nice. He was fun. You know, he was great. However, I was mostly buying all of the shots that night, which was one thing. And I was going, it's fine. I'm feeling empowered, I guess. But he was very, very much not buying the drinks. Looking back, this was probably the first red flag. But when you're looking to get laid, red flags on their side tend to look like arrows. At a certain point, Greg heads to the bathroom and... All of his buddies at once went, Greener! Like that very kind of college nickname type thing where you verbify someone's last name for no other reason than to just like give them the nickname. Maybe a red flag, maybe it's endearing, just like we're verbifying last names as a, as a bro thing, but... To me, it was just like, we're past college now. We've been way past college. So like, a little bit of a sign of like, you're still in that mentality with your friends, but hey, it's okay. I'm trying to catch up too by finally having a one night stand. I'm getting back to college mentality too. This is fine. Several rounds on Victoria later, she and Greg are hammered. It's getting late. And Greg not so subtly tells Victoria that he lives about an hour away from the bar. And I lived like three blocks away. It was, it was pretty close. So when the rest of the group decides to call it a night, 
Greg insists on walking Victoria home. I'm going along with it. Victoria knows what's going to happen next, but she lets Greg play the part of a concerned gentleman protecting Victoria on her dark walk home. (laughs) And I get to the base of my steps and he's like, do you want to have one more drink? And I'm thinking, that's a lot of syllables for just saying, do you want me inside of you? But yes, come up for that one more drink, even though we are hammered. Victoria invites Greg up for a nightcap, but... We never went to the kitchen. We never went for glasses. We just started making out and then it was on. And thankfully... Greg was a great kisser. And then once we started making out kind of hot and heavy and got our clothes off, we did both realize that there were no condoms. Oh no. In my apartment or in his wallet. Suddenly, Victoria's plan for a one night stand had been foiled. There was definitely that voice in my head that was like, you can roll the dice, but her intuition told her otherwise. Even though I want all the perks of a one night stand and the risk element was fun, I just met this guy. I don't know if you're gonna pull out. I don't know where you've been. I just didn't feel comfortable suddenly. Which is not to say that Victoria was happy about her choice or the situation. I was super pissed. It's like, uh, I didn't plan this correctly. What kind of uh, what kind of plan was this? I knew that I wanted something and I didn't plan to have rubbers at home. They could stop and go to sleep, but Victoria offers another solution. I very exquisitely said, can we both just have some third base fun? And like, maybe we can hang out some other time. Which was a pretty open invitation to like, let's both have third base fun. And then later we can totally have sex. Greg excitedly agrees. Which pun intended, I think was an oral contract at that time, because I said we, and I said third base, and he said yes. So, Victoria gets down to business, literally. But she's quickly met with another challenge. Whiskey dip. Instead of getting discouraged and calling it a night, Victoria stays the course. It's like, okay, that kind of sucks, but I'm not going to leave you hanging. Wink, wink. And if anything, kind of much more versatile with my mouth. This is going to take a while, but it's cool. We're having fun. She starts off optimistic. After all, Victoria has a wide repertoire of moves. I mean, if I can't do my own fun a little bit, I love a good blowjob. I have a lot of fun giving them. I listen, I ask them, does this work or does this not work? And I'm, I'm just like very, very animated with it. Which in this circumstance is crucial because... When you're giving a blowjob to someone who has whiskey dick, you can't just do the, the same thing on repeat. It's like all about diversity and you gotta like go slow and then like take little breaks and then go fast again. But after what seems like forever, Victoria starts to wonder if maybe she'd underestimated the power of Greg's whiskey dick. I remember this so specifically because I had a clock on my wall and I was kind of wondering, like, is this going to happen? As Greg's dick swings in and out of consciousness, Victoria tries different techniques to keep him hard. In other words, she edges Greg for an hour with her mouth, which is no easy feat. I don't think I have TMJ, but my jaw, man, this is... (laughs) This is a workout. It was really like a marathon. In a last ditch effort, Victoria pulls out her Hail Mary water trick. She gets two cups of cold water 
and microwaves one of them. Then, she alternates between the two, incorporating them into the blowjob. So he's got like sensation differences going on and it just keeps those nerves stimulated. It's kind of a good whiskey dick trick. I get really good results from this technique. And tonight would be no different. It was over an hour. I full-on blew this man that I had met that night for an hour. But eventually, Greg comes. Ugh. And when he finished, he just finished as if it was like the beginning of like a THX movie. That long like... It was a... It was a motherfucking explosion. It was an atom bomb. And no one was more surprised than Greg. He just kept telling me like that was incredible. That was one of the best I've ever had. Which made sense. Victoria whipped out the equivalent of a gold medal gymnastics routine with her mouth for over an hour. Of course it was incredible. I'm fully naked. I'm going, great, finally, it's my turn. Hell yeah. Victoria flips on her back ready to receive some attention from Greg, but he surprises Victoria with his response. He had the energy left to praise me and tell me how wonderful it was just before then wrapping his arms around me, kind of throws me back on the futon, pulls up the comforter, and says Good goodnight. Night. And that was the moment Victoria's soul left her body. And I full on had a like existential leaving of my body from the ceiling, looking down, pointing and like, are you hearing this shit? What is happening? You're just gonna pass out without any question as to maybe, would I like some female pleasure out of this too? What the fuck? But before Victoria can say anything, Greg is sound asleep. I was hoping maybe he was just taking a little bit of a breather and that he would come back awake and it would be my turn. But that didn't happen because then he started snoring. She was shocked. And then she was pissed. What the fuck just happened? After a few moments, Victoria whips out her computer and watches two episodes of Daria at full volume, hoping that Greg will wake up. He doesn't. Her mind is racing. She's realizing this is kind of what the world is. This was a one night stand. This is what a lot of men do. Victoria is mid spiral when she spots Greg's pants on the floor in front of her. And I saw his wallet sticking out of his pants and I took it and opened it up. And I saw $40 in there and I fucking took it. And then I instantly felt better. As she holds on to the $40, Victoria wonders if she'll change her mind. If in a few minutes, she'll feel bad and put it back. But as the time passes, her change of heart never comes. I felt better by at least getting something. I was like, you know what, great. I paid for all your drinks. This is paying me back a little bit. I get to try again another night where I buy some other asshole drinks, but it's gonna be on your tent this time. Eventually, Victoria falls asleep for a few hours before waking Greg up. I kicked him out pretty early. I lied and said I had to go to work. And I remember him going, it's Saturday. And I went, yeah, weird. I have to, I have to go to work. She walks out with Greg, pretending to go to work. Bye. Then Victoria circles the block before she heads back upstairs, busts out a toy. I gotta at least have my end to this night. And falls back asleep. Later that day, Victoria wonders if at some point he opened his wallet and went, that's weird. But if Greg made a smart decision that weekend, 
it was not contacting me about it. Because if you had had the gall to contact a woman and gone, hey, thanks for the entire night of free drinks and the free apartment stay and the hour-long blowjob you gave me, did you take $40 out of my wallet? Victoria was ready to go in on Greg. The longer she thought about last night, the happier Victoria felt about the $40 in her wallet. It took a little bit of the sting out of her sore jaw and her upended expectations for a casual encounter. When asked if she'd ever had another one-night stand, Victoria says this. My very next one, though, full on just went for a woman. I'm not taking this chance anymore. And it was great. We had a splendid time. And it was, I had never had so much sexual equality in one night than I had in my entire life. I asked Victoria if she told her friends about this story and what they thought. And she said this. Some of them kind of laughed and said, well, you're a thief. I went, no, 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 he robbed me first. He robbed me of an experience. He robbed me. He did not own up to an oral contract that we made. So I ask you, dear listeners, who do you think committed the real crime this night? Greg or Victoria? And what exactly does reciprocity look like in a world where the orgasm gap is still greater than the wage gap? Who do you guys think committed the real crime? The girl. Really? Victoria. Victoria. Wait, first of all, can I just ask, is Victoria your friend? Maybe. <laughs> Victoria girl, what She's are you like, doing? She's like, Victoria is me. <laughs> are you Victoria? I've actually not used a single one of my personal stories for okay. any of these yet. Shit. Yeah. Oh, wow. She's saving them. Yeah. Wait, you guys think Victoria was in the wrong? Yeah, you're surprised by that. I'm surprised by that. Well, girl, what the hell are you doing robbing somebody just because he didn't do what you wanted? Yeah. Honestly, I think her whole situation was her fault, and she got herself into it, and she tried really, really hard to impress a man and not set the boundaries up front and that's on her and then she went into his wallet and stole from him that's a shitty human being you just (laughs) pleased a man for an hour and you expect him to to have energy after that that's dumb you should know man what yeah wait wait what if i blow a dude for an hour after the bar drinking He has whiskey dick. She already said this. He has whiskey dick. It's been an hour. It's probably three in the morning. And you expect him to be like, oh, let's go. I'm ready to take on this vagina. This pussy. Yes. See, I wouldn't (sighs) suck a dick until he ate my vagina. Well, and that is why you guys are smarter. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why it's her fault. So here's the thing. First of all, why the fuck are you fucking somebody named Gregory? (laughs) That is the first red flag. If you're fucking a preppy white dude named Gregory, you're not going to get your pussy ate regardless of how long you blow him for. Yeah. That's just something you have to know. Or like John. What about a Justin? Oh, absolutely not. He's not eating your pussy. I had a Gregory (laughs) try to eat my pussy and it was miserable. So. Gregory's. Gregory. We just, J's and G's are uh, no fly zone. Absolutely not. Preppy I feel like boys. Preppy boys. That's uh, the, I know. If he's wearing Martha's Vineyard, he's got to go. If he's had things handed to him his whole life, he is not, like, you need to eat pussy like you're desperate. Like, like you have something to prove or you need a place to sleep, you know? And a white man named Gregory who was in a fraternity is not going to do that. The accuracy of that statement <laughs> is just incredible. No, that's so true. It's like you want to fuck somebody who feels like they're in it to win it. They have something to prove. They're honored or to be there. 
either. to lose. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If they don't eat you right, they don't get your pussy. The last time I had a guy come over, there was another guy coming over after. What's the time difference there? To come on a podcast. So this oh. was, but that person had asked me out before and I was interested in them. And, <laughs> to and, come on a podcast. <laughs> and I knew that this kind of person would, it would ruin any chance of going on a future date if there was another man leaving my house. And at one point, this guy's shirt wasn't dry. So he's like, I don't even have a shirt to walk to my car. I'm like, you need to go. I gave him one of my t-shirts. I was like, get out. And before that happened, I was like, I have 20 minutes before this guy comes here. And he goes, sounds like we have 10 minutes for a quickie. And he basically just fucked me really good and then ate my pussy and didn't come because I was like, you have something to prove. You want me to think you're better than this man. I'm trying to impress that I just told you who's coming over. And that was great. He ate my pussy really good. <laughs> like he was. He had something to prove because he yeah. knew there was another man coming into his territory. Exactly. I listen. I feel like I'm pretty open about that with men. But I feel like this goes against a lot of conventional wisdom about playing hard to get or being virginal or not letting guys know. You yeah. have to know who you can talk to like that. So man number B who is coming over will not know about man number A. Unless, unless he, he watches this, this podcast. podcast. <laughs> There's also a double standard for men and women. I feel like guys can talk to women they're interested about, about mm. girls they're fucking. And we had somebody on the podcast recently who was like, I almost feel like it makes a man more desirable if women know that he has a bunch of women in his corner who are interested in him but for women if you're like yeah I just fucked this dude and then now I'm going on a date with this guy I feel like guys aren't gonna like that which is kind of stupid yeah that's what I was just saying so I mean talking like you're just fucking a bunch of people and being like slutty or what they would consider slutty, slutty yeah I feel like there's a nicer way to go about it you know what I mean? Like, this person knows their place in my life, and I know my place in theirs. And so we're very open about us doing other things. So it's not like I'm trying to one-up him or anything. I was just like, hey, for some reason, everyone decided to be here in one weekend. <laughs> I don't know right. what to do about that. Right. So I have to be open about this. And they were like, yeah, totally fine. Wait, so you guys would never blow a dude first? No. No. I have in the past. I have. I've been Victoria. Yes. And you know whose fault it was? When I didn't come, mine. Wow. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I should have picked better men. Maybe mm. I shouldn't have hung out at the bar till 2 a.m. and was like, he's good enough. Because that's all you're going to get. And it's usually never even what we think it will be. It's always less. Mm. So that's true. You have to go. You have. You know who you bring home for a one night stand? The guy who comes up to you and first thing he says to you is, "I just want to eat your pussy all night." And you Ugh. have to say that is okay. not something that routinely happens to me in bars. That's like all that happens to me in bars. I need to go to the bars you're going to. I'm not getting this experience. <laughs> for some reason, guys are just like, "Can I just eat your pussy?" And I'm like, "No, I don't. I don't do that." <laughs> what? But I'll let you. Maybe if I like you, I don't know. That's wild. Maybe maybe just somebody that wants to buy you a drink. Go home with that guy. No, because it's just a drink. <sighs> I need to know what I'm getting myself into. This I, is about making smart decisions. I love that two fucking hustlers on the pod today. Wow. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Victoria. Yeah, I just thrown i mean i love the idea of if it's not an equitable sexual experience that you get paid 
there's a part of me like right? i want to venmo request some dudes i love that there's definitely a part of me that's unhealed that i was like you know what victoria steal everything you know what fuck his dad after all of mm. those things women we often justify those actions because they're like he didn't make us come or whatever it is but in the reality that action still sucks i wouldn't want a close friend that i knew was stealing money out of dude's wallets because i'd be like what are you doing to me yeah because the moment i don't mm. do something that you like and you didn't get your way what kind of person are you and that's all i could think about i was like victoria sounds like a bad person and sounds like she makes herself victim in situations and is justifying it and wants her friends to be like yeah wow that is so interesting well it's like the dudes who all of their friends are cheaters it's like you're surrounding yourself with these people so who are you if you're surrounding yourself with girls who are like yeah go cardi b drug dudes and then steal all their money and valuables yeah she thought about cardi b we were listening to this and she's like this reminded me of when cardi b drugged men and robbed them i missed that phase oh this was like i don't know what 2017 2016 it came out that she was Back when she was a stripper, she would take men home. She would drug them, like roofie them, get them super trash. They would knock the fuck out and she would just steal their shit. Their money. Whoa. Which I just feel like is not somebody I want to be around. And, you know, I hope Cardi B has improved in that aspect of her life. That's crazy. I had never heard. Have you heard that? (laughs) Get with the program, (laughs) Rory. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oh, no, no, no. Totally cool. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> just missed that that's real crazy wow I, if it was my friend i would like if emily was like i stole 40 dollars out of this dude's wallet and this happened he didn't eat my pussy as her friend i would probably be like you know what he deserved it <laughs> but i'd be like hey emily let's talk about not going into people's wallets next yeah time. yeah you know what I mean? for sure for sure is this relatable at all Oh, for sure. I feel like this is something maybe past Emily would have done. I haven't done it, but I've definitely considered it. I've been like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. I want to steal everything you have because you didn't make me come. But you can't do that shit. I feel like that's like all my one nights. breakups? Okay, so we've actually had this like debate. We're very, we had a lot of growth, I think. Yeah, where I can be like crazy angry and super upset. I've never done anything like keying somebody's car, like slashing their tires or stalking them. I'm always afraid that the tire is going to pop. Well, that would be the goal. <laughs> if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm slashing someone's tires, I hope they're done for. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I've never done anything like that. No. Are you just saying my, that on camera? My no, no, no. I broke up with an ex because he just he was being weird on FaceTime and I just didn't even say anything. I hung up and I didn't talk to him for 24 hours and then he, I finally answered after like many missed phone calls. And I was like, we're done. I'll be psychologically crazy where I'm like, I told you, you disrespected my boundary. You think I'm going to do this back and forth with you. You will never speak to me again. That's like the, that's the psychological damage I'll do because then he'll never, there's no like closure. There's no conversation. Mm. Mm. See ya. That's my level. Sociopathic. It's just you don't belong in my life, so get the fuck out. And you don't get access to me. Yeah. Yeah, I actually think that that's the best way to do it, too. Yeah. And I don't think that that's... I didn't realize that was psycho. I thought that was healthy. I think that's healthy, but I think that most people who are most people aren't healthy so they view healthy reactions as even like more fucked up like toxic is more comfortable right like to- mm-hmm. right. toxic is most people only know love when it comes at a price or it comes at you like giving yourself or sacrificing something or some sort of abuse they're very linked together so having love without that and having he- love with healthy boundaries people are like what's wrong yeah it's either like it's boring yeah or, yes. yeah 
it is boring when you grew up in that toxicity and that's your normal and it feels good and healthy but it's not good and healthy okay that sounded personal it's very personal <laughs> well, <laughs> even the story of victoria i was like wow that's like all my wine that stands when i was in college like when i was kind of just fucking around i was putting myself in a lot of situations and they just i just never had good sex or good interactions with people but Why i was, was that because i was putting myself in shitty situations with shitty people who did not deserve it we know each other a little bit so i feel like that's because you also just didn't respect yourself at that absolutely time, right yeah yeah absolutely i think that i thought i respected myself i think i thought i was like empowering but there was a lot of stuff that i was like trying to prove you sucking a dude's dick for an hour straight with nothing in return you were trying to like make up for something that's filling a hole yeah you needed that <laughs> approval you know what i mean mm-hmm. pun intended otherwise if you're having healthy good sex with somebody they want to please you back they don't even let you blow them for an hour do you know what i mean like that that's man's true. like you yeah that's blew me true. for like 10 minutes that's so much get on top of me or like let me eat your put if that if that man's not interacting with you like that you are not having a healthy exchange already you should mm. be able to read that energy how long i just had this conversation how long do you guys think is the appropriate amount of time for foreplay minimum 20 30 minutes And that doesn't have to be strictly in the bedroom. It could also be lead up throughout the day. Like you're teasing each other. Maybe you're sexting. There's different ways you can do foreplay where you don't even have to really be touching each other sexually. But there needs to be that lead up, that anticipation. So there's a tension and then you break it and it's just fantastic. Well, sex for women's a lot in their head. So you need to make a woman get out of their head. Sometimes that could happen very fast. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some like it could be a quickie, and you're in I don't know the movie theater bathroom. I don't know what it oh, is. Oh yeah, know what I'm saying like the I can, movie theater bathroom. Someone, listen, I don't know. I'm thinking listen, somewhere in public. If you've never tried that, let's go to the movies later tonight. We'll find you a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey working behind the fucking. We'll counter. find a Gregory for you. We don't need lube oh. when you have movie theater butter popcorn. Yeah, you know what I mean. You just get popcorn, your fingers butter, wet and stick whatever. them up in there. Oh my god. <laughs> That just gave me a yeast infection. (laughs) (laughs) I can't give you one if you already have one. Just kidding. Unhinged. Yeah, wow. I related to it, too. I also just, like, didn't like dudes going down on me for... Ooh, that's, ever yeah ever. For the a longest fucking time i didn't like it either and i think it was because i didn't know what i like mm. so i was like this feels like shit and it's because i didn't know how to tell him where he should be going on my body and what i enjoyed and then i met a man who i didn't have to tell him anything and he just knew fucking fantastically and then i was like whoa this is how you do that and he would eat me for hours and he fucking loved that shit so if you're listening I call me i didn't like getting my pussy <laughs> Eight when I wasn't connected with the person. Oh, you you can tell when someone doesn't really want to be down there. Yeah, I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, come on, buddy, you did a, you you did a good run. Just come <laughs> back up and let's fuck because it's hard to watch. <laughs> let's just get this over with. You know what I mean? Or like, if I wasn't connected with myself, it took a lot for me to connect with my own body for me to allow somebody else to connect with it intimately. Especially, I was always embarrassed. I was like, what do I smell like? What do I taste like? Does he think my vagina looks weird? He's so <laughs> up close with it. I don't even look at my vagina this close no you know what i mean what does yeah. my stomach look like from that angle because i've seen pictures from this angle and it doesn't look good there's all that stuff in a woman's head you i feel like when you're taken out of that space you can enjoy how did you learn to get out of that space a lot of masturbation really that was your <laughs> yeah a lot i got i had a phase where i was masturbating for a long time a lot of many times a day trying to figure out my body and get comfortable i was like turn on why is <laughs> why isn't my vagina like turning on <laughs> wake up <laughs> like, what something's not working and i was just so in my own head i don't know oh. 
What was your aha moment that made you like head? Ooh, that's such a great question. And I don't really remember. And I feel like it was, it probably was a a couple of different people. Yeah, specific people. And Mm -hmm. also realizing, oh, I can actually come multiple ways. Like, there's not just one way. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's an energy. It's an energy. energy. I feel like there's something that flips as you become older as a woman where you stop caring about certain things, like dressing up all the time. Like, I used to always have to wear makeup to go to the mall. Do you know what I mean? Things Mm. that you just stop caring about. And you become way more comfortable with yourself and who you are. And when you hit that point, that makes your sex life so much better. I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. Yes. I, th- I don't think I've had bad sex for the last like four years. Three oh, years. I still have bad sex. There's a lot of idiots walking around. Really? Well, you're in LA yeah, also. Sure. Yeah. Oh, my God. You guys, I-, I just know what to pick about people. And I'm like, that's a trait that I want sexually and mm. so I can scope them out and I'm mm. like nope I, someone could give me I could be interested in them they could be hot I could be sexually into them but I know they won't be able to give me what I'm looking for that's based on crazy their I don't know how you yeah wow I <laughs> went out with this guy who is pretty famous for his love scenes oh I don't want to say more than that like porn but, no not porn oh um, I just like don't want to get caught on this okay and it was the most lackluster vanilla bullshit sex I've had in such a long time and I remember being like I give up you do this as a job and this was objectively bad Oh my god! Oh. I was watching. Um, I don't know if you've seen the new clip out with Chloe Bailey and Damon. Fuck, I forget his last name, but they just did a sex scene for a new TV show that came out, and everybody's obsessed with it because she looks great getting back shots. But she did like a tell-all about the scene. She was like, "There's bouncy balls between the people as we fuck." So I wonder if he was getting some assistance from behind the scenes, <laughs> and when it came down to actually doing it in real life, he didn't have that bouncy ball, so we couldn't he couldn't <laughs> perform. You know, you should have brought a beach ball with you to have sex with him. Yeah, damn. I feel like a lot of guys who are in a role where they're praised in any capacity it inflates their ego and they don't have to try as much like when women are throwing themselves at men they don't have to try as much when there's a plethora of women coming at them do you know what I mean? This is a theme. Think yeah. of like the jock in high school or something or like the frat boy in college like none of them were good and bad see i didn't this is like not landing because i did not grow up with a normal childhood i went to like an arts high school so we didn't have sports and then i'm a college dropout me too but but i do get i get i do get what you're saying yeah yeah Yeah. in theory honestly dating and screwing up a lot and having a lot of bad sex has made me realizing what i what i like and don't like so it's become easier so it isn't num- it's a numbers game okay <laughs> do you guys date just men or men and women oh i love women oh. but i'd never dated a woman but i a lot of my loves have been women or like i have crushes on women mm. but then i'm like are we just friends do i just like you because you're like a close friend of mine so yeah why haven't you dated a woman then i don't know because women are precious and i'm so scared of them they're just so pretty <laughs> yeah and i'm like you deserve so much more here's the thing like I think it's a part of my trauma and my dad leaving that when I suck dick, I have something to prove too. Do you know what I mean? I don't get that with women. Mm. Do you know, there's something misogynistic or about the patriarchy that makes me want to please men. And I don't feel that about women. It's inherently ingrained in me. But sexually, I'm attracted to women. I love women. I would date a woman, but I don't have that thing. I don't know what it is. We've talked about this before. Like seeking validation. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Like, do I care enough to learn how to eat pussy? Me being into women has made me understand why men don't know how to eat pussy because i also love women i think they're beautiful but 
pussy is kind of intimidating, man. It's kind of scary. There's just so much going on. And I'm like, will I be able to please her? Maybe I should just stick with men because that's just so much easier. I think all, every woman deserves somebody who is obsessed with them, obsessed with pleasing them, all of that. Every woman deserves someone like that. I, I can't be that for them. I would want to be the one that they please. So, the, I, so therefore, I feel like I'm doing a woman a disservice by dating her. Okay, that was a, listen, that was a roundabout answer, but I... I, I just need a woman who is down to let me learn with her. I feel like the most significant dating experience I've had came from like a two month long situationship with a woman and I was like whoa this is how you're supposed to treat the people that you're dating like this is how it actually works romantically and I still think about that woman fucking five years down the line just because she treated me so well and I've never been treated like that before whoa but other than that I've only dated men which is really sad women are way more emotionally like emotionally I can connect way better Mm. easier more easy I'm not speaking (laughs) words at all we haven't slept in like three weeks what's your worst one night stand story or worst date story worst date story is so fucking messy dude okay so I was in this situationship with a guy who I ended up dating for four years and this was back when I was truly truly seeking male validation like you would call me a pick me you know and I really wanted guys to approve of me and to want me and it was like my ultimate desire I was like if I can be wanted by him then I can want myself so I was talking to this guy and he wouldn't commit to me he wouldn't be exclusive and I was like begging to be in a relationship with him really down bad but because he wouldn't commit to me I was doing some sneaky fuck girl shit and I would go on dates with other men I'd be like well if you're dating people I'm gonna date people you but you wouldn't f- tell him I wouldn't tell him because then he'd get mad so I ended up meeting some guy like a barroom fucking show where he was performing and I was like oh it's kind of hot that you can be on stage like I like this and he was like you're super cute I want to take you out on a date and he was like let's go to the movies and I was like fuck yeah let's go to the movies so he picks me up he's in this fucking big ass pickup truck he's only five seven so he's like hopping in and out of the car and i'm like this is not attractive no (laughs) you gotta be a little bit taller sorry i'm i'm having that mental picture yeah i just saw a hobbit getting in and out of a truck and i know that that's awful i'm only five four and a half so five seven is tall for me yeah oh i am such a cunt when it comes to height no No, me too it's a big pickup truck we have a friend who's like six two a girl so she, and she's like a BBL girl so she's like a big tall girl and she's like dating a man who's like five one he's, yeah I think he's I think like he's my height my, or maybe five three and it's so funny because he walks around like a little Kevin Hart and she's just like <laughs> hey what's up hilarious okay wait, so a little man big pickup truck he picks me up we go to the movies I'm still texting the guy who I'm being messy with like I'm checking in on him for the night seeing what he's up to we're watching spider-man this is a great fucking movie he texts me he's like hey I'm going to the movies and we lived in the same area and I was like what what movie theater are you going to? And he was like, I'm going to AMC Braintree. And I'm like, I'm at AMC Braintree right now. And this is, you know, I'm thinking this in my head. I'm like, oh my God, he's going to be here in 20 minutes at the movie theaters. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, he's going to run into me with another guy on a date. He's going to fucking hate me. We're never going to speak again. So I get my phone. 
I text my friend. I'm like, you need to call me. Come up with an emergency. You got to get me out of this fucking date. So my friend calls me. She's like, I'm going to kill myself. My boyfriend just broke up with me. Like, I legitimately need to go to the hospital. I'm like, dude, my friend's going to commit suicide. Like, I got to I gotta go. She just I'm got laughing, dumped. But it's obviously, obviously we care about suicide. Just, holy <laughs> shit. She really took the assignment and ran oh, with it. Oh, she Good ran friend. with that's it. A that's friend. a that's yeah. a great friend. So I'm like, we got to get out of here. My friend, like, we got to fucking go. So we leave the movie theater five minutes before Situationship comes into the movie theaters for his showtime. We leave. He drops me off at home. I wait two minutes for him to drive off. I get in my car. I'm like, you know what? I'll pick you up at the movie theaters, babe, to Situationship guy. So I get back in my car. I make it to the movie theaters, literally like (gasps) heaving. I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I get there. He's just now leaving the movie theater um, because he left like halfway through the film. And I'm like, hey, babe, it's so good to see you. I'm still texting the guy who I was like, my friend's killing himself. He was super sweet. He was like, hey, is your friend okay? Do you need anything? Do you need a ride to the hospital? I'm like, you know, I think we actually made it to the emergency room. We're like, we're totally fine. I'm keeping up with the lie. And I get, I hook up with Situationship Guy. We fuck in the back of my car and I never speak to the, the pickup truck boy again. Wow. So that wow. was an adventure. Okay, yeah, that was stressful. That's toxic, Emily. Really toxic. You know, we're we're healing. This was like five years we're, ago. We're making better decisions. <laughs> Do you have a really bad date so or one many. night stand? I okay. This was uh, I was turning twenty five. I just turned twenty five. Was on my birthday, and I was li- living in New Hampshire. I'm gonna not get too deep into this, but long story short, on my birthday, I got punched in the face a couple times. <sighs> what a birthday <laughs> by a drunk person. And so I had bruises all over my face. And I'd been talking to a guy who'd been asking me out. And he's like, let me please take you out for your birthday. And I was like trying to make up excuses because I had got punched. And I was like, (laughs) I can't go out to dinner, like a nice dinner with bruises on my face. And he's like, no, no, no. You know what? Why don't I order a food in? We'll watch a movie or whatever. And then we can go somewhere else. I don't know, like locally, but like where no one is. I was like, okay, fine. We can do that. And so we get there. I get there. And it's already like red flag number one. I have bruises all over my face. And my girlfriend, because it was my night before, had just drove back to Boston from New Hampshire and was like, I left my passport at the bar that we were at. And I'm taking a flight out of the country in two days. Like, I need my passport. So I look at him and I'm like, any chance we can go to this bar, which ended up being not a good bar to tell your date that you were at last night. (laughs) You're like, oh, you were there. Okay. And so I'm like, let's go to this bar and pick up my friend's stuff because she was fucked up and left it. So like, there's red flag number two. It's the middle of winter. We go to the bar. That's red flag number three. Yeah. <laughs> I lost track What's, of the red flag. <laughs> and I mean, the black eyes should have been like the enough red flag. Yeah. <laughs> so he's waiting in the car. I knock on the door of like the bar to get the owner, and he had just left, so I can't get the stuff, which sucked. And as I'm walking back to the car, I slip and fall on black ice, and I hear something like pop. <gasps> oh. And I'm like, oh no. And. I tried to get up and I realized that my leg, like my ankle, <gasps> I had, I don't know if I sprained my ankle or whatever, but basically I couldn't put any weight on it and I couldn't get up. So now I'm laying on the ground on this patch of ice in the middle of the winter at this like sketchy bar and I'm looking up at him in the car and I'm like, help, <laughs> please help me. And he just like is looking at me and I'm like, hello, I'm a damsel in distress on the ground. This is where you become a man and you at the very least get out of the car. Yeah. Get out of the car. So finally he gets up and he's like oh okay 
well, like, what do we do? And I'm like, I need you to help pick me up. What do you mean, what do we do? Yeah, I'm like, pick me up. And he, it's just so uncomfortable. And uh, a little background to this story is I had just moved into a new apartment two days prior. So I have nothing, like, none of my stuff is unpacked. I have no ice. I have no ice packs. I have no ibuprofen. I'm just nothing. at my house. Yeah. No Wi-Fi. <laughs> Everything. Wow. <laughs> you were <mad. laughs> And so he's like, okay, like, what do we do now? And I'm like, well, I need you to go to, the, we need to go to Walmart or CVS or something. I need an ice pack. And he's like, oh, okay. So we, like, pull up to walmart and he's like all right i'm like i can't go in the store buddy you have to go and get me this stuff <laughs> i'm hurt and so he like goes in and gets everything i like wrap my leg in the car or whatever and he drops me off at my house and i had i lived at the furthest point of the hallway oh no. so now we get there and he's like okay like it was nice seeing you i'm like no no, no <laughs> you need to bring me into my house he's trying to get the fuck out of he's there he's trying to get the fuck out of there <laughs> he basically saw you slip caught the ick and then was like i'm out <laughs> <laughs> and so i was like what the hell and so we're just like awkwardly like i'm limping and he's like holding me as we walk this what felt like 30 minutes to get to my apartment I'm cracking jokes trying to make it funny and no it was just really uncomfortable and he's like all right I'm gonna go and I was like oh my god sweet and so I just had to lay there like in pain no tv no wi-fi nothing (laughs) on my birthday after I had black eye and uh, torn it ankle you know wow. i think that was more of a red flag on his part like it was not being willing to help a woman out when she fought a person out when they fall that's fucked up and i should have yeah. just stuck with my boundaries and not i was like no i can't go out i have a black eye this is why you don't go out when you have black eyes yeah <laughs> yeah i think there's a very very niche advice but yes I will listen there's that. somebody out there listening right now with a black eye thinking about going out tonight Dang, to impress don't a guy do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it it's slippery in la right now just stay inside Wait. Dick can wait, I promise mm. you. Dick can wait. That's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a great slogan. So talk to me about being a spicy creator. Let's talk OnlyFans. Ooh, what do you want to know? Or OF girlies. Yes, yes, ma'am. I don't know anything about it. How'd you get into it? What what do you guys do on there? Yeah, so I had... This is kind of how I met Emily as well. Like the first day I started, I had moved two days later into Boston in Emily's apartment. And we had met off Facebook Marketplace. I went through like a bad breakup. <laughs> Emily just putting herself on Facebook Marketplace? Yeah, honey. Yeah. You gotta sell yourself some. Somehow. <laughs> That's how she started her sex work career. No, <laughs> it's better than Craigslist, right? <laughs> so I had gone through this breakup. The pandemic was happening. Like everything was shutting down. I was selling digital marketing and I was a, a top sales rep at my company. I was making good money. And the first thing that everyone was canceling was their marketing budget. So I was looking at a sales rep like I'm not going to make even close to what I made last year, the year before. And I'm going to have to work 10 times as hard. And I was already kind of like on my way out and looking at ideas of what I wanted to do to just focus on myself and do social media. Cause I had not, I had started stand-up comedy, but I had not really done social. So my f- girlfriend was like, oh, I just started OnlyFans. Like, have you heard of that? Like, you should you should do it. I made $700 last month. And for me, I was $700 is a lot of money. I'm like, that's multiple bills. That's my rent. That's mm-hmm. whatever. And so I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll do it for comedy and I won't cross my boundaries. She's like, you don't even have to take your what clothes off. What were your boundaries? I was comfortable showing my tits, but I didn't. I never took my underwear off for like a year when I started. I definitely crossed my own boundaries as time went on. But so- that is a theme that I've heard. With it's oh uh, yeah, especially yes. when the money's good. You're just like fuck it, and you get sucked into a world. But that's a whole nother con of I think it. You know, mm-hmm. you get sucked into it, and you realize that it's not necessarily the real reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, people mm-hmm. are not living in reality. So I did that. I did topless comedy, and I had sold topless. 
comedy sets and I got recognized by like a big comedian and that kind of started me growing online with that and I kind of ran with it. Made good money and within a couple of months I quit my corporate job and I never looked back and I just looked at Emily and I was like come to the dark side with me yeah let's do this quit your paralegal job like we can go be people and let's leave Boston and make it happen and now you guys live in Miami and are OF girlies yeah with a podcast hell yeah a whole yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually wanted to get into politics. So <laughs> I wanted to Honestly, sex work and politics not that different. No, no it's you're selling yourself. Yeah. The number of politicians too that make their way into the industry. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah. As fans. Yeah, that's what I Oh mean. my god, I wonder how many congressmen have bought OnlyFans. There's going to be an exposé in a like lot. 20 years. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. But yeah, I wanted to be a politician. You have congressional titties. I she really has do. <laughs> I think I have presidential titties. These I are for the executive branch, I just actually. I don't feel like those are. I, I just don't see Biden on OF. Sorry. I do. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the men who are in our DMs, you yeah. never know. Are your DMs like insane? No. It depends on the day. Mm. Mine are not. Yours aren't. When I was 40 pounds heavier and just starting comedy and had no social media presence, my DMs were disgusting and foul. When I was just a regular person, that was when men were like really, really creepy and weird. My DMs are dry. Really? Yeah. I don't know what it is. My DMs are dry. I think, I don't know if it's like I lost weight. I became more attractive. I became more confident in myself, like not as insecure. And I think that that has impacted how men hit on me. And I'm also way more open now about sex online. Yeah. So I think that people assume that men are constantly throwing themselves, but I think it's the complete opposite. Because everyone assumes, so no one's doing it. Interesting. I was going to ask how being sex workers has affected your love lives. I mean, there's always going to be people who are like, oh, you show your titties, you're a fucking slut, and they won't be interested in you, but those people, I'm not interested in them if they can't respect the path I've chosen to take and see that there's value in what we've been doing. I wouldn't ever want to date them, so they can fuck right off. I think starting, there was a whole process of us finding ourselves and becoming more comfortable in who we are, and through that, like even the start of the story that we listened to in the beginning of the podcast episode when we were like she was the problem you know like I was the problem like I did all of that I I gave myself to people who weren't you know good people and so my dating life was terrible my sex life was terrible before OnlyFans starting OnlyFans I became way more I don't know private with my sexuality even though it's I'm talking about sex my actual sexuality my sexual energy what I would share with somebody is way more private mm-hmm. you mean like like person to person on a date on a hookup or something like that yes. yeah I stopped sleeping around now I'm like afraid to sleep with people it's kind of crazy but I now I know my yeah, body you were really celibate well. for a long time right yeah mm-hmm. and so is Emily you were yeah, yeah. I'm only sex with like two people in two years what yeah over two years wait Almost three years. Why did the celibacy start? Because I was like, why is it not working? Maybe I should stop blaming all these people for cheating on me and all being shitty boyfriends and look at why am I attracting to these these people? What red flags am I ignoring? What boundaries did I not set or uphold? Like when you tell someone you're going to break up with them and then you text them again, you're like, hey, I miss you. You're disrespecting your own boundaries. Mm-hmm. Cosign. So, yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I started healing myself, going celibate, 
cutting a lot of toxic friends out. It wasn't just sex. I was kind of celibate of everything that was toxic until I could get my shit together and now make smarter decisions when I have sex. So <sighs> was my, that the same for you? No, I think our situations were different. I was celibate for a year and a half straight and didn't have sex. I had just gotten out of a four-year relationship that started really when I was like 18. So like we were in that situation for a while and then dated for four years. And I had never been single pretty much since I was like 15. I was always dating somebody like I was, I'm a relationship girly, but I didn't allow time in between to heal and like figure out who I was. And I was an adult and I was like, who who is Emily? I can't be myself without a relationship. And I was like, I don't want to ever experience like live life like that where I don't know who I am. I have to be codependent with somebody to feel secure. And the only real relationship models I had growing up were those situations where you're codependent. You stay with somebody even though you aren't happy, like you're just miserable and you're not enjoying life. And I didn't want to repeat that cycle. I wanted to break the cycle of our trauma that I grew up in. So I I was like, I need to stop fucking people. I need to go to therapy. I need to move to Miami. We need to start the podcast, like really get our careers rolling before I just focus on sex and relationships because that's not all that life is and that's not all that's important to me. And then once I was celibate and doing OnlyFans, I was like, I kind of became more of a prude. I was sexual <laughs> yeah. for my job and I wasn't sexual anywhere else in my life. And I had to re- start loving myself sexually and come into my own in my sexuality and relearn how to masturbate because I had a boyfriend who was like you can't use toys you don't even have sex with me and I'm like maybe I don't use toys because you don't view them as a partnership and mm. you know we can have sex with robots and still have sex with each other <laughs> <laughs> yeah whoa for sure yeah. so yeah I was celibate I think for for similar reasons and like cutting out toxicity and improving yourself but also we were in different points in our lives so there were different reasons yeah you mentioned too you were like how do you know who to have sex with mm -hmm. and like that it will be good and I think when I was celibate I was going to a lot of house parties so I was around a bunch of men and I was watching how every they interacted with girls and I was watching I was like in the same house with like a group of five guys who lived with each other like every weekend but they were my friends and I would see them every night they'd have like a different girlfriend you know mm -hmm. and none of these girls knew about each other and they were all just as like territorial over the men and I would just see these guys and how they treated women I would see random people and how they treated women and I wasn't out with the intention of finding a man and I, right. my me having fun used to be like oh my god is a guy gonna flirt with me mm. is a guy gonna talk to me oh no one gave me attention tonight like the, a lot of women are like that yeah. and it's like decentralizing men from your life mm -hmm. and yeah. so I got to be the observer and I just started realizing wow I'm like I was like that girl and that wasn't helping her in this situation like the men were making them look stupid uh -huh. and I was like oh I never want to look stupid again and so now I was able to kind of read those red flags outside of the situation so when I got in the situation I'm like Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I've seen that before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's still a learning curve and some people get you. Some people are master manipulators, but it's oh, definitely yeah. helped. But I have way better sex now. I just have way less sex. Got it. Got it. Way I've only have, I have sex like once a month. What's a and it's one person. day in the life of an OnlyFans creator? Well, so I, I hate referring to us as OnlyFans creators. Okay. Where, Correct me. What, yeah. how do I, what should I say? Because we do a lot of stuff outside of OnlyFans and that's also a big conversation of OnlyFans is the people just see you as, as only, just that. OnlyFans creators first. Yeah, and it's that's mm. maybe an out, like a very, very, very small percentage of our week. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, it's a very, very small percentage but of there, what we do. But there are, I think, women who that is, is their main light? thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so specifically for you guys, you are creators who also happen to be OF creators. Yeah. yeah. That's a better way yeah. to pitch it. Yeah. yeah. OnlyFans is how we monetize what we want to do creatively. Can you speak to that? Yeah. Obviously, like, OnlyFans is a job. So some people get genuine joy and pleasure out of being that role for people. Right. And it kind of, for me, it like wears on me you know and so I do it because it's great money and I view it as a job but I'm not like hell yeah let me show my butthole on the internet you know what I mean I I think that there's a misconception that it's really easy Oh my God, it is not easy. Not. I know, but I think there is a misconception. You Absolutely. know, like there's a lot of jokes about like, should we just sell feet pics on the internet? And I'll joke around with a friend and then I'll be like, but by the way, you know that yeah. you have to message people all the time mm-hmm. and it's, you're kind of like chained to your phone. Like it's a Friday, Saturday and Sunday are prime money making days on OnlyFans. So if you want to make good money, you're on your phone or you're on your computer from nine to three in the morning. Really? Talking to people to make money. If you want to be making Making good money and really like building those relationships because I think OnlyFans is a lot more about intimacy than it is about sex. It's the messaging, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that takes a lot of brain power as well. It's like having a thousand boyfriends. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's you a lot have, to juggle. You have to be their their sex muse and their therapist and their cheerleader. Their mm-hmm. cheerleader and whatever. Yeah. So it is difficult. A day in our life is we wake up, we smoke, we clean, <laughs> we do some dishes, we answer emails, we're answering DMs, we're kind of figuring out our day, we go into meetings, we edit for hours, we record, whether it's comedy sketches or whatever it is, and then maybe we go to an event that we're hosting because it's networking, we come back, we're doing more computer work, like our job doesn't end. Add OnlyFans into that, now you're DMing on top of that, you're taking the actual content, you're scheduling out you know the mass messages of like the paid messages there's the one-on-one chats and then the paid messages taking content for your wall it's like running a whole nother social media platform do you guys rate people's dicks yes, because, yes. Honestly, <laughs> yes. that's like the only reason i want to start that, that is so much fun. i think dick rating is the funnest thing because you can be real i'm like do you want to i ask them i go do you want a do you real want me to answer big up you or you want the truth do you yes. want the truth or do you want me to just like praise you or do you want me to degrade you because some people are like hey rate my dick sure. but tell me how small and little empathetic I Wait, am. Wait you guys I, I hooked up with this dude it was like a very BDSM situation so obviously everything that I'm saying is like very consensual but one of his requirements when I was Dom was he wanted me to make fun of the size of his dick. Does he have a little dick? No. He has a big dick. Yeah. And he wants you to tell him he has a little dick? Yeah. Damn. Okay. It was crazy. So you, he just wants you to lie to him. It's a psychological and thing. him and yeah make him this guy's six five and a half. Oh. Huge I'll show you a picture after. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. It was the only time in my life when I would walk down the street and as many dudes would turn heads as women and not in a attraction way, but in like a, what the fuck is that guy doing way? Like what, how <laughs> yeah. is he like working out? You know, like he, Oh, he's buff his as shit. arm was the size of my butt. That's so hot. It was crazy. That's <laughs> but wild. then he had very specific things. Like he wanted me to treat him like shit it's because he gets so much praise in his life for being six five big hundred attractive oh and his face he looked like a model yeah oh, he's crazy. Beautiful. beautiful he was like people only see me for my beauty and oh. now he has, it can only come by such being, a hard like, life degraded. the weird thing was is that so we dated and then we stopped dating that's because his ex found out and literally tried to kill herself 
that's toxic as fuck. Yeah, yeah. She ended up in the ER, and he was like, yeah, I was like, I want new part of this. Yeah. Yeah. This is too much for me. But then we ended up hooking. it, It just was like a physical thing and I really it's weird it's weird to be with somebody that's so beautiful want nothing from them <laughs> what's like what's that like? <laughs> so were you guys like verse or were you always dom in bed him and me or me specifically were you always dominant with him or no, no. okay yeah switch you got to switch it up uh-huh that's fun yeah that is fun I can't be with somebody when it's just they want me to be dom because everyone assumes with our personalities, at least me and my hair. I would and what we talk about, I would everyone assume. thinks I'm a dom. And I'm like, no, if you make me do any work and I have to think, I automatically hate you in the sexual experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it for you if I like you, but that can't be the main thing you want me to do to you all the time. Mm-hmm. It needs to be. I, I find kinks pretty confining. Really? Yeah. In what way? Well, if you think about it, if a person always wants you to be one thing or do one thing, it does get a little boring. It doesn't allow you to express yourself how you want to. But I also, what I'm into is constantly changing and constantly evolving. Okay. Based on your partner and what they like. Yes. And also just where seasons of my life. Yeah. I feel like I've been into being dominated since I was like 12. And that (laughs) has not changed in the past over a decade. Oh my God. Yeah, wait. We love childhood. (laughs) I heard a story. This is, I think like when we first became friends online about an ex choking you and you had a seizure. (laughs) (laughs) I love that we're all laughing. Listeners are going to be like horrified by that. No, that was a good time great story <laughs> not in the moment because i definitely felt like shit afterwards but it was fun in the lead up to the seizure oh <laughs> you're gonna tell them how you had a seizure <laughs> well i feel like i'm breathing really heavy into this microphone so don't mind me but i okay so like i said i love being dominated um and i was dating this like six foot guy who is a linebacker like he was built the shit really buff big dude i'm just gonna say he's black just to give context to the story it'll make sense in a little sure, bit sure sure this is uh, <laughs> and she's white for everyone listening like very 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 white like yeah snow white yeah i just sang and the birds come to me mm-hmm. you know <laughs> but we were hooking up actually at work after hours in the main office of like our boss's office fucking underneath his desk and um i think i was how giving, big was this desk it was very big like we were fucking a li- i was underneath it and he was like behind me okay you know and then we we shift and i start giving him head i'm on my knees i it's massachusetts so i it's fucking freezing in the winter i have a scarf around me because there's no heat on in the building and um he comes up behind me and he's like i'm gonna fuck you from behind and hold you against the wall so he picks me up by my scarf and it's around my neck and i'm like oh this is gonna be great i love this shit <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, give it to me, daddy. So he picks me up. He's fucking huge. And he just lifts me up from off my knees. Um, and I don't remember this part because I was unconscious. But from what <laughs> <laughs> from what he tells of me to me, I immediately went limp and just like, went unconscious immediately and he like lays me out on the floor and I start twitching and like having a seizure and he's just watching this so like scary standing above me and he's like oh my god I just killed a white lady and the police are gonna know and I'm a black man and it was like they're gonna fucking get me and even he- though it was consensual <laughs> it was all consensual that is terrifying yeah but I woke up like two <clears throat> minutes later um he was like where'd you go and I was like I didn't go anywhere where'd you go and he was like you just had a seizure and I was like 
Really? <laughs> nice. <laughs> I came too. <laughs> and then I think we fucked um, and then I went home. Whoa. Yeah. That's a crazy story. I wanted him to finish the job. Like if you're going to knock me out, you have to make me come. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, no, I have nothing that is even remotely comparable, but that's, yes. When you said you like to be dominated, I immediately thought of the scarf story. That was a great time. Yeah. I would do it again. I as you're not doctor, <laughs> as not a doctor, I have to advise against that. Yeah, we don't know if you'll make it this that. time. Honestly, if I lose a couple brain cells, that's totally fine. I mean, you guys do smoke every day. Although, yeah. The brain cells are dwindling. Okay. <laughs> We're we have like lie. three between the two of us. At some point, I'll have to smoke weed with you guys. Yay! Today. Are you recording more? No, but I have a date later, so. That's oh, the best time maybe to you get need high. to get high. <gasps> Yes, That's let's get you I'm, high. Say, hey, I'm really stoned. I need you to just take me away from all this. Yes. And, and let them lean. Is this guy like dominant or is he more? No, he's British. <laughs> Wait, does that have to do with anything? British. <laughs> the Brits <laughs> took over a lot of countries. They can absolutely Let be him dominant. colonize your pussy. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, we love British men. Hi guys! I hope you're enjoying this episode. I have said this before, but when I decided to go independent, there were a lot of factors at play. One being that I did not want to be censored. I was told there were a list of words that I was not allowed to say because it would turn off advertisers. And if I adhered to that list of words, I would not be making the show that I'm making today. And if you like the show that you're hearing today, it would mean so much and it would help me so much if you could make sure to tell your friends about the show subscribe and at the very least just give it five stars there are three little things that help me in huge ways okay i'm gonna shut up and let you get back to the show thanks again Yeah, I guess I don't know. Did I cover all the OnlyFans stuff? I don't really know anything about it. I've like never even seen I would, a page. So. I would say a cool part about OnlyFans, at least what I like about it and my favorite thing in the pro, is because I am very open about sex. My mom was always very open about sex. So I never viewed it as like people think being open about sex equates you being open to having sex. And mm. those are two different things. Mm. But I do get a lot of DMs and it's usually like men asking for help. So it's less men being creepy and more for them being like, you are so open about talking about this and no one else in my life is so I feel like you won't judge me can you walk me through this kink that maybe I'm ashamed of or same or maybe I get the you're same open thing. to doing this kink with me I just have to throw it out there but they're pretty respectful when they ask about their kinks which is nice yeah but I have a lot of guys who come out they want to get pegged I did have a guy come out that he had a tickle fetish and he never had anyone do it to him and that's when I was like you know what Let's do it. <laughs> I was like, I want to try that. A tickle so, fetish. Yeah. I had this guy come over. He brought wine. And he's like, I'm really into edging and like tickle oh, fetishes. And I was like, yes. you know what? I'll let you lead the way. And it was someone you wouldn't expect. It, this was actually kind of like a preppy dude. You would not expect. That's a Gregory. This at all. A Gregory. 
And he tied me to all four corners of my bed oh. and like edged me with a magic wand with the speed controller. And you have to have a speed controller. And as he was like building me up to be about, I'd be like about to come and he would remove it and he would tickle my sides, which would give me this like head rush because I'm laughing. Huh. And then he'd put the vibrator back on me. And as I'm mid like cracking up, I'm laughing. I start coming. It was the best orgasm I've probably ever had. That's crazy. So I didn't realize you were the one being tickled. I thought he wanted to be tickled. I tickled him after. <laughs> you went Gucci, Gucci, Elbows you. Rory's like, I'm going to try this with this guy later it, today. It's honestly pretty fun. I hate being tickled normally, but in a very comfortable sexual experience, he like sent me pornos. He like educated me on it. And I was like, okay, I got this. Okay. I can do it. I love that. I, I like that. I feel like same. Weirdly, starting a podcast where I talk about love, sex, and dating has definitely brought a lot of people out of the woodwork that have questions or oh want to talk God, about yeah. things. There's so much shame. Mm. There's so much sex, shame. Especially in society. And we get shamed all the time for our job. And it's just like, yo, we're doing all of you a favor. You know, your boyfriend probably fucks you better because he just got told his kink wasn't weird and now he can be open with you. Yeah, like we had yeah. a guy who listened to our podcast and he like called us and he was like, I just have to tell you, like no one ever talked about sex in our life, like in my life. I've been kind of like shamed around that. Mm. And uh, your podcast is the reason my girlfriend ate my ass and, oh. I, and I love it now. And I was like. Fuck yeah, two girls, one blood just made you get your ass eaten. And it was awesome to be able to give somebody that experience that they're going to take forever to feel comfortable and not shame around the stuff that makes us feel good. We're saving people's relationships. We're saving out here. people's relationships. We're really one nude like, at a time. Philanthropic. <laughs> one nude at a time. Oh my God. All right. Well, I like to close things up with a speed round. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. Hit us. <laughs> well, Emily, I know you <laughs> choke me. <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> like I'm afraid to hit you. So, uh, no, please, just do it. <laughs> I like it. Okay, your favorite killer move. What's a killer move that always works? Like sexually? Can be sexually. Can be romantically. Can be sliding in the DMs. Your killer move can be a breakup. My killer move, I think, is with my words. It's understanding somebody psychologically and being able to give that to them. So if I know somebody, I don't know, I always like will whisper things or like tease them and I can like see their reaction. And when I when you get that reaction, that helps make everything a lot smoother. You okay. know, I would say your eyes are your killer. move. <laughs> Emily looks up and she's like, what do you mean? <laughs> Who me? She's right. like, your eyes just worked on me. Yeah, 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 I would agree. I would agree. We'll just zoom in. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Damn, I was going to say my killer move is teasing. And I don't mean like being a tease where like, oh, she's such a tease. You gave me blue balls. Like I love teasing and being super slutty with the person I'm fucking and just just building that anticipation and then you go in with the gluck gluck fucking 5,000 double hander move. Just finish him off. Oh, my, actually my killer move is when you're sucking a dude's dick and then you just pull his legs up and you go, hello, surprise. <laughs> Good you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll always remember. That's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> what is a killer date and a date killer? Killer date, I would say going like bowling, top golf, something with competitiveness. I think it builds sexual tension and it's healthy and you can kind of have good banter back and forth. Those are always the most fun. And the date killer is just there's I don't so even, many. There's so there's many. So many. If somebody gets sexual right away, I yes. don't like that. That will make me want to leave the date and be like, eh, mm. I don't like it. Yeah, fair. 
Yeah, that's a date killer. I have decoys on, well, I'm not on dating apps anymore, but when I did, one of my prompts was dating me is like 69, you get what you give. And then there's also a photo I of like me. That. Steal it. That's great. Steal it. <laughs> and there, there's a photo of me that's really hot and I'm in a shirt that says sex breakfast of champions. I also give you all this other shit. So if you go for those two and you're not insanely funny and one out of every 200 mm, are, yeah. then I immediately know, boop, you're out. Yep. Yeah. You don't know that that's a trap, my guy. It's a wrap. That's smart. <laughs> it's I just like so easy. Yeah. Okay, you're going for the low hanging fruit if you're talking oh. about sex uh, off the bat. You know what? Bat. Date 100. killer is when a guy is like, oh, I subscribe to your OnlyFans. Oh, ick. Immediate ick. Or they're like, I'd love to see what your OnlyFans is. I'm immediately like, you're done. Because <laughs> you're, you're not even going to try to you're earn done. the news or the sex. Like, you're that about, you're about instant gratification. And I don't like men like that. If that's the case, then just go buy my OnlyFans. Yeah. And then don't True. talk to me. True. Okay. What's one thing you're working on to improve your relationships? Oh my God. Communication. When you grow up without models of communication, it's super important in your adult life to try to figure out what your red flags are and where you're struggling with communication. And then, because you can always project onto other people and you can be like, I didn't like how they said this. You know, I didn't like when they didn't do that. And it's like, what are you not doing? You know, are, so, are you even communicating that you didn't like it? Yeah, exactly. Or are you just holding a grudge? Right. So or communication. Or taking $40 from a wallet. Exactly. Yes. Shout out Victoria. Because <laughs> if, you commu- if you were communicating during that sexual experience, you would have came. Mm. I can tell you, communication makes you come. Mm-hmm. I'm working on being more feminine. <laughs> I think that I hurt a lot of men's egos and I don't I take lead and I don't know how to receive love sometimes mm. because I never really had it so I try to control the situation and I think that sometimes I need to sit back and, and let a man be a man and I need to be able to receive that love instead of having so much resistance you're working on your divine feminine energy yes, yes. it's hard yeah, it's hard because I, and like we had someone on our podcast who like talks about um women and gender roles like red pill stuff mm-hmm. but it overlaps and there was something he said and i was like i kind of gave him a comment back and then he was like no and then i like switched how i said it and he was like that's it and i'm like see my instant response is to be like one of the boys yeah. but i like how i feel when i'm feminine and it works and i like and i'm being treated i'm like oh wow that's nice mm. but i can't get that if men think i'm like she's good on her own yeah you know yeah so i ask everybody this what's the best love advice you've ever received wow that's a great question <laughs> i think love is a choice that love is a choice and so people choose to love you so not getting blinded by the feeling like you choose to work through shit you choose to love them for who they are and through their flaws and things like that and you have to make a choice of who you love you know what I mean yes okay yeah I think uh and I'm talking about love very broadly not just romantic I think that you don't have to go to every fight you're invited to is the best advice I've ever gotten because that is something that I struggle with because I am an arguer and I can be like negative like that's how I was raised so I am actively working on that but not if you get an invitation to a fight you don't have to accept the invitation and you don't have to bring guns to a knife fight I think that's the best advice I've ever gotten sometimes you just got to take a chill pill or the L (laughs) yeah yeah 
Wow, you guys, this was so fun. Thank you for having us on. This is awesome. I honestly can't wait to do it again. Hell yeah. yeah wait, absolutely. I'm glad I finally met you. Yeah. Fucking weird. I feel like we've all been friends. Right? It's very weird. Very weird. Is, I know. <laughs> is this our second time? Yep. I also feel like it is not the second time. I know. This I know. is supernatural. And the first time we met, my car got destroyed <gasps> yeah. by the ballet. I know. Holy Whatever. shit. Anyway. Where do people find you if they want more of you? Oh, two girls, one blunt podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. We're on Hayes Radio Network. Make sure to follow us on all platforms. It's two on- girls, one blunt pod yes. on social media. Yep. And on TikTok, it's two girls, one BL underscore NT pod. It'll yes. be linked. I'm going to yeah. link everything yeah. in the show notes. And then I'm at, I'm at the Jamie Lee show. And I'm at Loud Emily. And I'm at your dad's crib. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This was awesome. Perfect. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to shoot me your questions or submit stories at the email listed below. Thanks again for listening and see you next Tuesday. Oh.